Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you that you have majestically revealed yourself to us in so many ways. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the wonderful things that we see around us. Thank you, Father God, for the glory I saw in the ice crystals this morning on the grass. I thank you for the blue sky and the sun. And even more than all that, I thank you that you watch over us and care for us and love us. Thank you, Father God, for the time we can come together and celebrate you and honor you. Let these words be of you and draw us close to you. In Christ's name, amen. It was really neat this morning. I, I did go out from the house this morning and my thermometer said 27 and I went, yeah, I like that. And yeah, no more lawn mowing. The sunlight was hitting the, the grass just right and the sparkle was just Oh, man, the creator of the universe did that. Fit right in with where we're at because we're in this series that we've called God Is. And, and it's his attributes represented in his names. And this particular name means a lot to me. And part of it is that I have raised sheep. Any other sheep farmers in here? Yeah. God reveals himself to us in his names. He reveals himself to us in the Bible. So, so that's our primary source of truthful information about who God is. And the name that we're going to look at today can give us immense comfort and strength. There's, there's a really neat place that this name takes us. Yahweh Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Yahweh Rohe. It's found in Psalms 23, probably the most pronounced place you'll find it. And, and so a lot of what we're going to do this morning comes from Psalms 23. But I want you to, I want you to take this, not just, oh, Psalms 23, all, we all know that, you know. Psalms 23, it's, it's one of the most recognized passages in all of Scripture, outside of church, inside of church, anywhere you go, Psalms 23. And so we kind of skip over those things because, yeah, everybody knows it. But there is so much here that teaches us about who God is and how he relates to us. This is really exciting and important for us. Shepherd, the Lord our shepherd. That's how it starts. So Psalms 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. Wow. That is so immense. Rohe, the, the word is used both as a noun and as a verb. And it means, literally, a shepherd. But it can also mean a pasture. And it can also be used to describe a shepherd in that pasture. So, so there's a lot of ways the word is used. And they all relate. Rohai can also be used to mean friend or companion. God uses this name to illustrate his desire for his people to have an intimate relationship with him. God is not interested in repetitious religious exercises or liturgy. That really, it doesn't matter to him. I'm not saying those things are wrong, but that, that, that's not what he's after. He's after a relationship. And that's what this name really means so much about. God wants us to depend on him for our every need. He wants us to be involved. He wants us to want him to be involved in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect. So he, he uses this example of shepherding. Shepherding was so common. It was a vital practice in the Old Testament. Sheep were a primary source of income in, in the ancient Middle East. They also were a, a source of, of wool and meat. They were very valuable. So sheep and shepherds are, are common in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, you can begin to see this, and this is something I believe it's not something that we can go, yep, it, it says it exactly, but when you put the pieces together, I think you can go to Genesis 3, 21, and you start to see sheep. Genesis 3, 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Now, it doesn't say he, he killed a lamb or a sheep. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say it specifically, but it's very conceivable because God later used sheep symbolically as the acceptable animal sacrifice for sin. All through the Old Testament, the animal that was used to cover the sins of men and women was sheep, the lamb. And here in, in Genesis 3, God killed an animal. Let's say it's a sheep. So he kills this, this lamb to cover Adam. What's he covering? Adam's sin. This is a foreshadowing of God's perfect plan of redemption through the perfect sacrificial lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know from Scripture that, that sin can only be forgiven through the blood of an innocent sacrifice. There's another place in Genesis where I think we see this as well. It's Genesis 4.4. A little later in the human history, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Again, the passage doesn't specifically say sheep, but most scholars agree it was likely a lamb because the word flock and sheep go together, and most historians will go through this thing and they'll talk about sheep being the first domesticated animal. So it makes sense. What did Abel bring that was accepted? A lamb, a sheep. Sheep became prominent also 
in the story of the Passover. Huge. For the angel of death to pass over your home so that your firstborn would not be killed, a lamb had to be slain, and the blood of that lamb had to be smeared, painted on the doorposts and the lintels. That was definitely sheep. Again, we see the same pattern that God is using sheep. So we have a shepherd, and we're sheep. Now, there's a part of me that goes, man, I, I'm a little bit offended that God calls me a sheep. Because on, on my farm, we had cattle, and we had hogs, and we had chickens, and we had sheep. And it was always the sheep that gave us trouble. For example, sheep die real easy. I've talked with, with Dean I thought I saw Dean here earlier. I, I, Dean, how do you feel about... Dean's a veterinarian, if none of you know that. But Dean, so how do you, what do you... What do you think about when sheep get sick? And his response is the same as mine. They die. <laughs> it's just... It's really true. They, they're picky about how they eat and everything. And so, so one morning I went out there and they're just bawling their heads off. They're just just driving me crazy. They're just screaming like they're starving to death. And I went over there, and, and here's their, their trough of feed, and they, they haven't eaten any of it. I said, what is going on? And then I noticed that because of the time of the year and the angle of the sun and everything, the, the shed that was there cast a shadow over half of the trough. They wouldn't go near it. I picked up the trough and moved it one foot, and they all came and ate. What? Shepherding is really important when we understand who our father is, our shepherd, how this relationship works. Put some of this into context. Shepherds lived really difficult lives. They moved from place to place. They were seeking pasture. You're always looking for some place for the sheep to eat. They needed the right kind of feed at the right time or they can get sick. How well I know that. The shepherd had to plan where to take the sheep and what was the best way to get them there. Sheep need lots of care. They wander easily. They need protection from everything. Everything. A nice gentle rain. They need protection from that. Shepherds spent so much time with their sheep that each animal, especially the way they, the shepherds led their sheep in the Old Testament, the animals recognized their sheep, their, their, their shepherd, each animal. So she could put them all together at night, which was, was typical, and the shepherd, with either a voice command or whistle or maybe a little clicking noise, the sheep would go, that's my guy. I'm going to go with him. And they'd follow the shepherd. This is especially true in the evenings. The sheep would be, all be brought into one place, the sheepfold. They'd be brought together, and there'd be several different herds. So they'd bring them together, and it was to help everybody keep them safe at night. And typically, one shepherd would guard the entrance to this enclosure, and often putting his own life in danger to protect the sheep. In a way, the shepherd became 
the door to the enclosure. And this is, this is something archaeologically and historically that we've seen. There's this narrow opening into one of these enclosures, and the guard shepherd, whoever that was for that night, would sleep there. You couldn't get in or out of the sheepfold without going through the shepherd. Makes sense then in John 10, 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Put that into your life. The shepherd is the door to you. Nobody can come get you without going through him. I think this is cool, especially when we put it in the context of Psalms 23, because I, I believe that David wrote this when he was running from his enemies, like when he was running from Saul. That's usually where my mind goes. I mean, he doesn't actually say that, but because of the interaction that he's having with Saul, I mean, that was a dangerous time. And David knew the difficulties and dangers of that time and remembered how he cared for his flocks when he was a young shepherd. David understood the responsibilities of a shepherd. When David was ready to fight Goliath, if you remember the story, he, goes, he comes and he's, just, he's angry because the army of Israel is being cowardly. So he goes to Saul, and Saul doesn't think David can do it. You're just a kid. You're just a little shepherd boy. This is David's response. 1 Samuel 17, beginning in verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised, uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And we know that David did that, and he slew the giants. Where I want this really to help us has to do with how we picture God. Many people have a mental picture of God being old, distant, grumpy, and unable to relate to their personal everyday trials and concerns. And maybe I'm calling you out, but we all kind of have that. I think inside of us, most of us very often go there. God's this old guy, big old beard, and here they go again. He's just kind of a grumpy old man. Psalms 23 helps to correct that by describing God as a shepherd. David makes it personal here. In Psalms 23, it's personal. My shepherd. My shepherd. God is personal. He knows each of us. He knows how we hurt, how we get frustrated. He knows our deepest needs as well as the everyday necessities that we have for life. He knows. God is our shepherd. David says, we shall not want. I shall not want. God provides everything for us. Seriously, 
If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't exist in the first place. Even though God is sovereign and powerful and holy, he is still the shepherd who cares for each of his sheep whom he loves personally. Isaiah prophesied this, Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. He lives to care for us. Every human needs the shepherd. It's not by accident that God in the Bible describes his people as sheep. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us is lost without the shepherd. The shepherd brings us back. It's natural for people, for sheep, to stray and wander away. Sheep have no ability to find their own way. It is so amazing if you've worked with animals, how different cattle and sheep are, for example. Phew! There's things I can do with cattle that you wouldn't even imagine doing with sheep. Am I, is Jared back there? Yeah, am I okay? Okay. Sheep need a shepherd. A shepherd who will find them, save them, and care for them. And the care of the shepherd was from birth to death. We've got to get that into us deeply. He never quits being our shepherd. Psalms 23.3 He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That, that phrase, restores my soul, literally in the Hebrew, it, 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 it's, he causes my life to return. I love that. I wish that's what it really said in English. Soul in this context means a person's life, and it refers to the condition of being exhausted, weary, or distraught. We've all been there. And the idea is that God brings new life and encouragement to our life in our darkest times. The idea is not restoration because we're backsliding from God. That's, sometimes that's where people go here, but that's really not what this means. It is the idea of the good shepherd coming alongside and holding us close and, and ministering to our needs and taking care of us and loving us, strengthening us, guiding us with all of his faithfulness and through his sacrifice. Sacrifice is a huge part of being a shepherd. A shepherd would lead his sheep to good pasture and to water, and to do this, the sheep would often have to pass through really difficult places. It's extremely important for us to remember when David writes about the shepherd leading, he tells us we are led through, through the valley of the shadow of death. There's not even a hint of him going, well, maybe today we'll take the long way around so we won't have to go through the dark, shadowy death valley. 
That's not what he writes. That's not what God does. He leads us through the most difficult things that we face in life. He is our perfect protector and provider. It does not matter how bad it is. Our shepherd is with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And then he adds, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there's a part of me that goes, now that I understand what the rod is in particular, that's a comfort? Because these two things were standard issue tools for a shepherd. And the rod, the rod was a strong wooden stick. And it was used as a weapon to protect the flock. That was its primary use. A wooden club to beat the snot out of... Can I say snot? Is that okay? I almost said something else, but... Out of whatever the enemy is. So how do I get comfort from a weapon? I get comfort because my shepherd uses that on my behalf. The staff... The staff was also made out of wood, and it was longer... And it was slender, and, and it often had some kind of a, a hook on the end. We've seen pictures of that. And some of them were real round and cool, like you see in the pictures, and some of them were just kind of a little notch. Okay? And it was used to lift an animal out of difficult places, or you could come into a herd of animals and you could grab a hold of just one. The staff was unique, it was used only for the care and management of sheep. Historically, you don't see it used anywhere else. It would only work with sheep. You're not going to take a rod like that and reach out and grab a hold of a, a, a steer. It's not going to work. You can try. Can anyone say rodeo? <laughs> a staff wouldn't be, you, you wouldn't use it on cattle, you wouldn't use it on horses, hogs. <laughs> That's another story. It only works. On sheep. And historically, that's the only place you see it. And this tool was used for a variety of different things. Now, this whole idea of the shepherd builds because Jesus is presented as the good shepherd in the New Testament. Listen to this wonderful passage in John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by other way, by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. <coughs> Excuse me. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came 
that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He flees because he's what? A hired hand? Jesus is not hired. He does this on his own. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Praise God for our shepherd. Matthew reminds us of the prophecy in Micah about Jesus as the shepherd. I take this from Matthew 2.6. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come from, from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. There are other passages in the New Testament that describe Jesus as our shepherd. Listen to these. John 10.11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Hebrews 13.20 Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. 1 Peter 2.25 For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 1 Peter 5.4 And when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Jesus is our shepherd. Now David ends this psalm about Yahweh Rohi with a wonderful promise. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This promise is the result of everything David stated before. Until I come to the end of my physical life, through every challenge, struggle, hardship, and trial, my shepherd will keep me and provide for me. The house of the Lord is a reference to the tabernacle. The word tabernacle is, is a translation of the Hebrew mishkanah, which means dwelling place. Dwelling place. The, the Mishkan was the dwelling place of God. Wow. I will be in the very dwelling place of God forever. There is absolutely nothing then that could possibly separate me, one of God's sheep, from being in God's presence. He's always there, always my shepherd, always watching over me. And no daily difficulty is greater than the glorious strength, love, care, and provision of Yahweh Rohi, our shepherd. Father, thank you that you sent your son who has always been the great shepherd. I thank you, Father God, as believers, we hear his voice and we follow him. Thank you, Jesus, that you lead us in, into places that are so amazing. 
Holy Spirit, help us in those times when we ignore the shepherd's voice. And I thank you, Father, that through your Son, we live in your presence forever and ever and ever. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Yahweh Rohe. Amen.